0: You want to look polished out there. I tell a lot of guys when you know when, when you. I'm sure you probably tell them too. You get the progress pictures, Chris, like the the day before, and you're like, uh, "When are you going tanning? When are they spray tanning you?" And they're yeah. like, oh, "I just yeah. got spray tan backstage," yeah. <laughs> or they just got spray tan. And you're like, you don't even look like you have any color on. They're like, "I'm I'm much darker than my wife, but your wife is not competing." I created Species Nutrition with one mission in mind, to provide bodybuilders and serious athletes with no-nonsense supplements that work. I put my name and reputation on every bottle of Species Nutrition products. If you want to be your absolute best, join the evolution. And we are back for another installment of Heavy Muscle Radio. I'm Dave Palumbo, joined by the technician himself, Chris Aceto. We're in June. I can't believe it already, Chris. I think it's, what is it, June eleventh, two 2023. And uh, we had no bodybuilding. Well, no open men's bodybuilding this past weekend. So it was kind of a boring weekend, but not really, because there's a lot of shows going on, Chris, all over the place still. And, uh, you know, from – Pro shows and other divisions. To, am- I had like like ten people competing, uh, ten of my athletes competing in different shows throughout the country. So, the uh, the NPC is is very busy lately. It's crazy busy, crazy busy. Like last week with pro
1: shows, the schedule is yeah. just insane. I don't know how they do it. Actually, you know, I was thinking that it's funny that you brought that up. But first, you said it's June, Dave. It's like like it feels like it's March in Maine. It's freezing, and we have yeah. the can it, we have. Although we have clear skies, somehow we're, we border Quebec, but the the smoke is affecting New York City. The big
0: giant fires and Jimmy the Bull showed me on uh, the smoke in his backyard in on Long Island. You do have that in Maine up there? No, we don't have any of it. But oh. we're, we're close. We're very close. To, I mean, we
1: border Quebec, but at the same yeah, time, blew
0: past you. Yeah,
1: yeah, blew past us. Went over. Um, but um, yeah. Go the, the FPC, NPC the IPV. I was thinking like, how do they come up with all the quote pro judges because I think judging is hard. Um, yeah. And I, I think uh, it's hard to relieve yourself of biases when you're a judge. If you're a great judge, you know, all that is easy. But there's just so
0: many shows everywhere, all over the globe. How do you train all the judges? You know what? Chris, what they do is they, they test judge them. So what they do is like let's say they have a judging panel and someone wants to be a judge, then they throw them on the panel, they don't count their scores, they, they want to see how they do scoring-wise, in 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 I guess in conjunction with the other judges, if they're getting it right, so to speak, then they you know, yeah, after I know a couple the process, of weeks of I know training, the process it. But, the way it goes, but but you know what? Let's we always make we always break the judge's balls. I, I'm gonna give them a very big pat on the back because you know what? I'm not talking about we don't break the balls of the top guys because they're the best. But I'm saying, judging is a very unforgiving and very unappreciated trade in bodybuilding, and I'll tell you why. Because these people have to sit there the entire day. First of all, the pre-judging at some of these shows is brutally long, and they can't change judging panels like at the Mister Ron- at the Ronnie Coleman Classic, for instance. They don't have enough people. So these guys, essentially, and women actually sit there like for eight, 10 hours of prejudging and judge, and then they got to be there at the night show, you know, to judge overalls, it's a very long day. And, and you know what, I mean, yeah, you are paying them 50, or hundred bucks for the day you can't, they're not getting competent, They're doing it because they love it, you know, um, and they're entrenched in the sport, but it's, it's very, you know, and then the, all you do is take flack as a judge. Cause you got, you know, 20 people that are pissed off about their placings and probably 19 and a half of those people deserve what they got. And so, you know, how do you justify, you know, putting someone in a certain place? I mean, you can give them the, the reason, but no one right when they get off stage, no one wants to hear the real answer. Hey, yeah. you know, you're not big enough or hey, you weren't hard enough or whatever. Presentation sucked. Your tan was bad. No one wants to hear that. They just know that their friends told them they should have won the show and they're pissed off. Right. Yeah. We've seen it. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I've had guys show me their their pictures and say, can you believe I didn't win this thing? I said, well, you know, your tan is kind of bad. Yeah, but what does that have to do with it? I said, well, when you're sitting in a judging panel, they don't know what you look like your whole diet and all your update pictures. All they see is the final product on stage. And if the final product looks like it's not finished and tan is part of the process, just like oil is, presentation is, if the final product is not finished, then in their mind, Something's missing, even though you know you're in the best shape of your life and maybe you were a little harder than everyone else, it's an illusion. These judges are looking at you for what, Chris? Ten minutes? If if you're lucky, you're up there for 10 minutes. Yeah.
1: Not I mean, they're looking at like everyone else, me, you, and the audience, they're looking at, I mean, the first impression. So you gotta be on from you gotta be on, which means no flaws. Doesn't mean you have to be overwhelming, but you know, to be in the mix, you gotta be quote, on
0: remember back when we would compete in the 90s and you do the usa of the nationals and they what they would do is they would they would be like in the heavyweight class at least there was like 30 people so they would walk out lines of like maybe eight or ten people probably eight people at a time and you would do quarter turns and you'd walk off the next line would come quarter turns walk off, and then and then sometimes if you were lucky you might hit a front double bicep pose and then they, you'd wait backstage, and then the judges were sitting in there and they are basically tabulating who the best 15 guys were because those were the guys who were going to be able to do the rest of the pre-judging. Everyone else was going home. So you were being judged basically on your quarter turns and maybe a front double bicep pose, and if you didn't impress the judges, you didn't make the top 15. As a matter of fact, and you, we've talked about this before, <laughs> Dexter Jackson won the USA – Light heavyweight class, probably about 184 pounds in 1995, uh, 1994, 1995, he came back to the nationals and he didn't make the top 15. Yeah. <laughs> because he just, he was small. So they probably just missed him in in, in that like quick quarter turn. <coughs> well, I mean I, he fell. I, I mean, I remember you talked to him, I talked to him, we were both like, you got you know rip, ripped off, but it wasn't really, you can't blame the judges, it just was so fast that the point is you got to make a very strong impression right off the bat. You cannot leave any stone unturned. Yeah, you know, people all the time with not enough tanning stuff on, uh, not enough. You know, you know what these people do? They they go backstage and they, and they get lost back. I don't know how it happens. And somehow all of a sudden they say, okay, uh, the heavyweights are going up and the person still has clothes on. They haven't oiled up or anything like that. And then they're like ripping their clothes off and they're trying to get, you know, running, putting oil on. And then they go out and they look like they just woke up, which they did essentially. And so you, you got to be perfect, as perfect as you can be. That's the best I can say. You want to look polished out there. I tell a lot of guys when, you know, when, when you, I'm sure you probably tell them too. You get the progress pictures, Chris, like the the day before and you're like, uh, when are you going tanning? When are they spray tanning you? And they're yeah. like, oh, I just spray tan. Backstage. Yeah. <laughs> or they just got spray tan you're like, you don't even look like you have any color on. They're like, I'm. <laughs> I'm much darker than my wife, but your wife is not competing. You have to be dark. <laughs> to the Dave, Dave, Dave
1: and tan, and competitors, tanning people will tell you anything. If you ask a tanning person, is my color okay, they will never, ever tell you, no, it's not okay, because they, they don't want to, to do it put again. it on, and they don't want criticism. And I they don't want to I do know, it again, many, Chris. I cannot tell you how many people I've said, like, you are way too light. They said, well, the, I thought so too. And I asked the tanning people and the tanning people said it will darken up.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know what I tell them? I tell them, I say, go back there and tell them Dave Palumbo's your coach. And he says, you're too light. This way, it's not them being a pain. And they ass. I put the blame on me. And yeah. 99 times out of 100, they re-tan them. Because they realize that, all right, you know, someone else is who actually knows what they're looking at is telling them they're too light. So- Someone's got to open your mouth up. You get, you know, you're paying for the spray tan. The spray tanning is not cheap. And you know what? I, I say it's worth every penny. For if, even if it's 150 bucks, I would have paid any amount of money not you're, to have to you would have paid
1: $1,800 to get the edge.
0: Right? Seriously, when we were competing, Chris, that was the worst part of the whole competition. And people don't know this because unless they've done it themselves. When you when you have to tan like paint that tan on yourself it takes hours and hours and hours and you got to stand around cuz you don't want it it's a streak it 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 was the most miserable part of the whole process and uh you know nowadays you go there you spray tan 10 minutes and you're done you know you go back the next day they spray tan you again if you if you're really light colored you might have to get a third spray but we're talking 10 minutes and maybe hanging out for 20 minutes to let it dry it, it's the process is is worth Every single penny. And if you know what, if you're gonna cheap out on, on spray tanning, then you don't have enough money to compete because yeah. you got to pay an application fee, you gotta pay an MPC card or IPB if you're a pro. There's a lot of money. You gotta stay in a hotel if you're traveling to a national show. You gotta fly, you gotta pay for yeah, the you food. gotta buy the food for God's sakes. Yeah, the food is great. So if you're if you're gonna cheap out on a hundred dollar spray tan. Then you don't have enough money to compete. You shouldn't be competing. That that's the truth. Because you know what? You're gonna spend the same amount of money buying the panting tanning products and you're gonna wind up getting into fights with your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever the case may be, and it'll probably end your relationship. <laughs> because I had some serious, I had some doozy fights with people, you know. And um that's the way it goes. Just acknowledge the fact that it's gonna cost you a certain amount of money to compete. It's, it's when not when cheap, we do
1: when, when you when we do your Netflix autobiography, Dave, we'll we'll
0: note that the tanning
1: cost you, Dave, Palumbo a couple of relationships.
0: Yeah, you know what? I realized if I write if I wrote my autobiography, you know, I was watching the Arnold um, part of the Arnold uh, documentary on Netflix. There that he did, which you saw. I think you saw the whole thing or whatever's out there, right? Yeah, I saw it all, all so yeah. far. I, I haven't seen the, the whole thing. First, two, I haven't. I haven't seen all. Well, I only saw the first episode. We'll talk about that in a minute. And uh I realized that if I were to do I guess you have to wait till you're like eighty to do these things because if I were to do that now, I would have like twenty five people who wouldn't talk to me ever again. Yeah, like, yeah, of course. You have to wait to the end. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because you, it's
1: still it's still going on. Your life is still evolving. One, right. but two, uh, you know, you don't care about your your enemies or the people you hurt at seventy-five. As opposed to, they can
0: still get seek revenge when you're 54, Dave. Well, you know, why why can't we yeah, Why can't we have that attitude in life about you know what? That's why I, that's why I always looked up at the Howard Stern. And I'll tell you why because he put his whole life out there, and maybe it cost him his first marriage. It probably did. Um, and said, you know what? This is who I am. If, you, if everyone's going to hate my guts, I don't care. This is what happens. I have a small penis. I have this. this I you know, he, he he talked about everything, and you know. You yeah, but he did, it, him, he,
1: he, he did it for
0: money. That's why. He did it for views and,
1: you know, right. before YouTube and everything like that, he was kind of like shocking and he was like the only right. guy out there shocking people and people wanted to pay right. to right. listen to it. So believe me, yeah. he did it. If he was if he was just a regular person, he would, right. not Howard Stern, he would just be like hiding him his true self like everyone else, you know, his
0: private he life. Knew. He knew that people want... It was really reality TV, like you said before yes. it was reality TV. Yeah. That's right. You're you know, right. People wanted to know the real what the real person was like. Yeah. I mean, we talk about pretty much every I mean, we don't talk about our personal lives, but I mean we 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 talk about a lot on here. I think that's why people really like the show because you know, we talk about topics that are, you know, maybe other people won't talk about other, you know, talk shows because they're yeah, crazy, but politically know. not I mean, right. But you know,
1: there's people's feelings out there. You even review yeah. and bodybuilding shows I still filter myself?
0: More than i used
1: to just because people like get offended and you know i get it you know i understand you know opinions are just opinions anyway you know they're not like who you are but bibles can get offended so anyone can get offended
0: so we're pretty accurate on what we we say so sometimes it it hurts people hear the truth truth hurts obviously that's our mantra for the last 15 years but you know what Arnold did, I thought, was really good because it was very truthful. I haven't saw, uh, listened to the part where he talks about the fact that he had the, the, the baby with the maid, and now that's obviously Joseph Baena. And I was shocked when you told me that he actually addressed that in, in the special. I didn't think he was going to go there, but I, that's awesome that he did. Yeah, I mean, he, he addresses – he's 75.
1: He addresses the strengths, which are overwhelming. You know, if you if you – you know, just the, the I mean, he, he'll tell you, it's just an unbelievable life. That's what he says in the show. It's an unbelievable life that he lived and, you know, what he's accomplished and done and where he came from, the small little tiny town and, you know, his drive, the drive, the drive, the drive. If Rich is work, 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 Arnold is drive, 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 you know, as far as their mantra. And, yeah. um, and you know, so he talks, obviously, about the highlights of his life, but what makes it, you know, even better as he talks about the low points, you know, which he doesn't have many, actually. No, no. Uh, and everyone has low points. And, you know, his two, it seems like the two low points for him was last action hero bombing, like the only movie he ever made that bombed. Right. And then he came back with a vengeance after that. Uh, and then uh, I think the other low point was, you know, his uh, marriage dissolve. And, and right. And, uh, but otherwise it's, it's a, it's a quick watch because there's a, you know, it goes, it's so interesting. You know, right. there's not too much new, you know, if you followed them from day one,
0: but. Um, you know what's the story he, I love? He, he's I'll an see. icon.
1: Everyone loves him except Darren Singerman.
0: <laughs> right. What I, I love, and I only watched the first part, but, and I, and I think that, and even John Hansen said that was the best part he thought, because a lot of, we didn't know a lot of, you know, what was go, going on at, his early childhood but he said his father was you know his father worked for the austrian army which was they were allies with basically the nazi germany and they lost the war so when his father came back all the soldiers were like really you know depressed you know they had lost the war and his father was a hard ass obviously military Uh, and the father favored meinhardt his his older brother meinhard could do no wrong and arnold was like like the fuck up basically and uh the the father would 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 pit meinhard versus arnold in all these little stupid competitions he would have even on mother's day they would go out and pick flowers for the mother and meinhard would come back with this big bouquet of flowers and and, and the father would be like meinhard what a beautiful your mother's gonna love this and then he, he, to arnold he'd be like better luck next year maybe next year arnold you'll do better like you know <laughs> like i mean Arnold got no praise from his father whatsoever, you know, and and that made him work that much harder, which if his father hadn't done that to him, which is obviously terrible for a father to to not do it, Arnold wouldn't have been who he is today, you know, which I didn't know that, at least. Did you? Um, No, I didn't. I I, I didn't know the details of it, obviously.
1: Uh, I think I've read something before about them being competitive and him, you know, begging for his father's approval. But that's, you know, you're shaped. Your kids will be in shape. My kids will be in shape by the way we treat them. Are there rules, regulations, lack of rules, regulations, expectations, you know, affirmations? It's all one big filter processing, you know. You know who – you can look back in your life, I'm sure, and see, like, God, that was a significant – you know, my – your your football coach and Pee Wee football coach could have been a massive influence on you or your your math teacher or – Make, there's negative influences that can turn positive or negative that are you know for some people just drag them down, and um, and there's disciplinarians that you know facilitated people's growth. Which by the way, there's less discipl- disciplinarians around these days than there were 20
0: and 40 years ago. That's for damn, you're not sure. allowed to be a disciplinarian anymore. Yeah, you're what's gonna, that? You get arrested, you're not no, allowed you get- to be a disciplinarian, you get arrested now.
1: I I I I, yeah, I I still yell at my kids as loud as I can in the store. When someone looks, I say, "Mind your own business." <laughs>
0: <laughs> and your kids still don't listen to you. That's the funny thing. Well, no, um, that's why
1: no, that's why you have to right in the store. Yes, they do because they're like, "Oh my god!" Even outside, <laughs> even outside, I'm, I'm not, you know, right, right, not safe right. to
0: misbehave. That's right. So, so it, you it, know, another it, thing that, that I it, found. Getting really back
1: to the Arnold is is yeah. just that. Um, you know his his you know the, those years, those formative years, right? When his father used to like, you know, he was seeking the praise of his and approval of his father. And I guess his mother
0: was a hard ass too, in and in a, you know, disciplinary.
1: And they were both you know tough, and
0: um, he talked yeah, about yeah. Remember he talked about how she had all the like perfect. the shelf liners were perfectly creased, and if the father even put a cup in wrong to the cabinet, she'd go crazy. Like, Well, you know.
1: just, just pause there, Dave, for a minute.
0: So take that,
1: and then take Arnold training for Conan the Barbarian, doing all his stunts, because there was no stuntman to do his right. stunts, and how he'd spent hours and hours trying to uh, learn how to ride a horse and use a samurai sword, all that. You can trace it back to the fanatic mother folding clothes absolutely perfect. And if his father even, you know, messed him in, you know, in the smallest amount, she'd go nuts. So, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I, I noticed that too. I said Arnold was definitely probably exactly like his mother because I'm sure he rejected his father at some point, you know, because the father favored the the brother. And uh, his mother was a a total like, you know, OCD type person. And, And Arnold was like that too, obviously. The funny thing is that Arnold said that – I I don't know if you caught this. He said, you know, I never felt like I was from Austria. Yes. I would fantasize and I would think about, you know what? Maybe my father really isn't my father. Maybe I I have an American – like an American soldier got my mother pregnant and that's where I came from because I don't feel like I belong here, which ironically is funny because, you know, the next episode he talked about the illegitimate son, you know, who really probably thought the same thing, you know, and he was right. You,
1: you know, Dave. He, he he didn't have the interesting thing too is that the how the pendulum swings. Obviously, if you watch the show and you you listen between the lines and you listen closely, he didn't have a close family at all, at all. In fact, like when his parents came to like a competition, he's like, "What are they doing here?" You know what I mean? And he and he talks about like him not even talking to his brother, just blocking him out while he was focused on what he wanted to accomplish and. Mm-hmm. The, the pendulum, how it swings is that in Arnold's orbit, you know, he formed complete lifelong friends, like closer than family, Right. you know, you had Skip on from, from, you know, one of my mentors from Maine and, and Skip still talks to Arnold, you know what I mean? Samir talks yeah. to Arnold, you know, Arnold was right. close to everyone in bodybuilding, the movies, you know, whoever he dragged along, you know, he, st- He'd he'd create these crazy close, or still does obviously bonds, and yet with his family he had none. So he, said you know, he, didn't,
0: he, he didn't feel like he belonged there. He felt like he was like an outsider, like he was in the wrong. Well, he, I, I, my point is that he created that those bonds, yeah.
1: those family bonds right. with people that you know mm-hmm. that he would meet in the future.
0: Sure, my friend, look at Franco. I mean, him and Franco were best friends.
1: Yeah, he talks about Franco towards the end about when oh, Franco passed yes. away. How, you know, what a big hit it was, you know, and how much he admired Franco and, and you know, how he uh, how he tried to work Franco into movies that he made and, you know, uh, his uh, respect for Franco as not only a friend but just as a person.
0: I You, you know, you're right. I remember F- F- Franco was in almost every original movie that Arnold was in, right? He was in Conan. He was in. Um, yeah, he'd always have some type of part. He'd give him a little bit part like all the time but uh, he did, he didn't throw Louis Ferrigno any any bit parts of the movie but he's, were, they yeah. weren't
1: <laughs> they, they, were they friends they just happened to be in pump and iron together
0: uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't yeah I don't know I don't know I think the, it's funny I think they became more friendly like later in life than they or maybe they were competitors you know they were two com- you know well Arnold, Arnold,
1: you know, Arnold has to like burn his co- competition it's like Stallone they eventually became friends with Stallone's in the movie like as you know they were big rivals and yeah you know they they couldn't stand to be in the same room together and eventually they became friends. That's only because Arnold won, of course. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Right.
0: right? I mean, I always, you know, always try to in my mind say who's, who was more successful, Stallone or, or Arnold and Arnold might've been a bigger movie star, but I, I kind of respect Stallone because Stallone wrote his own movies and, you know, directed a lot of them. And like, He went a little bit – he was more in the creative process where Arnold was just doing – you know, Arnold was the star of the movie, you know, that kind of thing. So Arnold might have been a bigger star, but I think Stallone's franchises were – Well, Arnold was was a far bigger star. I mean, when
1: when you watch the documentary, you will forget all the crazy mega hits that he had. They weren't big hits. They were mega. They were smash crazy – you know you, terminator comes to mind but he had like twins and he had true lies and he had kindergarten, uh, cop. kindergarten cop I mean it could he had so many it's just like oh, I made mean, this movie out uh, 20 million and uh but, yeah it well,
0: just, you know it was yeah he made movies that had crossover appeal like kids could watch him like women would watch him Stallone movies were really for men yeah. like us you know yeah. you know true that's they I my, my wife never even saw Rocky, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite movie. You know, <laughs> it's it's a
1: bodybuilding. The irony is the bodybuilding the Rocky movies for bodybuilding dieting are must watch movies. Yes, yes. They're yes. just like okay, that's it's the same as bodybuilding. You got to get up. You have to you know go do the cardio. You have to suffer. You have to you know be live in one room. You know, the whole nine yards. It's so motivating. The music. Okay.
0: You know, it's a miracle. It's funny because Arnold knew that he had to be in the, um, I guess, when you live in Austria, just like, I guess, in Israel, you have to serve in the military for two years. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's a requirement. So he said, you know what? Let me get this over with because I'm not going to be able to leave this country and do anything that I really want to do if I don't do the military. So he did the military like at 18. You know, he, en- he enlisted. He got his two years over, which was smart. Like Arnold was plotting like from the very, very beginning. It, He's it's the ultimate plotter. He's the ultimate. Right. Winner. He's the
1: ultimate visionary. He, he's, you know, it goes back to, you know, he, his entire shtick. His entire shtick has always been focus in your mind, focus in your mind, focus in right. your mind, vision, 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 focus in your mind, and, um, you know, th- those are all cliches until you see, like with his life, how they they turned out. You know that. That he focused on, of course, bodybuilding, conquered that. Um, movies, which was absurd to think about, absurd yeah. at the time when he went into them. He didn't, you know.
0: Uh, you'll never make it with that accent, right? Yeah, that was, yeah. yeah.
1: You're a bodybuilder. We're, we want Destin Hoffman bodies, not your body,
0: <laughs> you know.
1: And then, uh, and then becoming the governor
0: yeah. twice. I think the governor was, is the most impressive you know, achievement that he had, to be honest well, with you.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it, they, they chronicle that as well. And it's, it's, uh, it's it wasn't it's, like
0: he was a lawyer or he was in the, you know, he was a bodybuilder. And he became, the, you know, he became the governor. It, it's the greatest really success story of all time. Forget the action star. The, the governor is way more impressive. I mean, remember when yeah. he come to the Arnold with all the Secret Service guys? And I mean, he was the real deal. Yeah, well, I mean, it
1: goes back to too, the, the uh, I, you know, when I said the pendulum switches and he created these connections with people like family who are, would be, you know, who are blood relatives, but they were his friends and just right. connected to that as bodybuilding. And, you know, he could have, he could have, you know, been, you know, the guy who used to be involved in bodybuilding, but
0: it's, it's 75. He's still involved in it and, you know, heavily. But you know what, look at, look at someone like Jay Cutler. Like, if, I, if you gave me Jay Cutler's resume and you gave me Arnold's resume when they were younger and, and said, and I didn't know who these people were, and you said, who do you think is going to become the governor of, of California, of these two guys? I mean, would you hesitate and even think about anyone other than Jay Cutler being that guy? No. You'd be, like, well-spoken, you know, clean-cut-looking guy. He's got all his eggs and in, in he's been working hard, you you'd be like, this guy's going to be governor. And then yeah. you're like, no, you're wrong. Arnold's going to be, Arnold was the guy who became governor. <laughs> you know, Cause it just, you just don't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see it, you know, coming. Arnold just had an ability to achieve things because of the way he was able to visualize them. He said it, he goes, I, I just had this ability that if I can focus and see something, I can do yeah. it. It was like unbelievable. And i think it was because he really believed in himself even if other people didn't which i think is very very you know you have to admire that about him whether you like arnold or not i mean i admire that about him that he was able to achieve anything he wanted to despite what anyone told him
1: yeah well the 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 big question is you know do you think he would have become president had uh you know had he we don't have that rule that you have to be born in the country right
0: I think that that he had aspirations for that, and I think that that was a little depressing to him that he really because when you go from governor of California, you know, there's no real up. I mean, you can, I mean, if you're really into politics, you can do the Senate House. He didn't want that though. He wanted, you know, more power. I guess you could say, and I think that he would have definitely run for president had would he have won? Maybe I, I don't know, Dave. I don't know if he could beat uh, Joe Biden in a debate. <laughs> <laughs> I get yeah, I get news for you. He he certainly he certainly might have won the year Trump won, you know, that's for sure. Um but you know, we'll never know that, obviously. You know, do you do you think his um I, I don't know if they talk about this in the documentary because I haven't really, you know, I haven't seen the whole thing yet, but I I truly believe, and I've said this for a number of years, I believe that they're grooming, you know, his son to potentially be president one day. Do you do you agree with that? Who, Patrick? Yeah. Which son? The, the... Patrick. I don't know. Is he
1: involved? I thought he's just like in acting and stuff.
0: Yeah, but that's how it starts. You know how that. He's young still. He's still a young kid. You know, I yeah. I, I think that he will run. Look, he's got the Kennedy pedigree. He's got Arnold's determination and drive and Arnold's backing, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, but he'll he'll have to go up to, against Donald Jr.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> Look, you know what? I've interviewed the kid. I talked to him. He's He's a sharp smart you know good looking you know charismatic you know man that i think that you know i think he'll be in, i think you'll see in 10 years that he he's gonna be running well, for
1: maybe, maybe maybe you can be his campaign manager you yeah there you go, there you, go. Huh?
0: <laughs> you know campaign manager has got to be maybe one rung i don't know is it one rung down below npc ifbb judge or is it a, is it i'm forgiven because if you make any if you make yeah. any mistakes you get the blame out yeah, yeah. And no one really even gives you credit when the person
1: well, – Not only that, but the, the Monday morning, morning quarterback news of it all is like, you know, if you lose, like, uh, you know, if you lose, God forbid, everyone say, you know what, the campaign manager
0: should have – they should have got rid of him six months ago. Right. He well, didn't I know what that. he was doing. I, saw, you know, I, I know you like documentaries. I don't know if you saw it, but you should watch the one on Bobby Kennedy. And I think it, I think it's on Netflix. It was great, but they were showing how Bobby Kennedy really was the one who helped his brother, you know, John Kennedy get a, get a elected president. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, you know, he didn't even know what he was doing. He just he, he just was thrown into that position, and and he was good at it, you know. But uh, well, the, Dave, the, the great part of the, the 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 best, I think, now thinking about it, you know, brought up Bob
1: Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, not knowing what they're doing, is when Arnold got elected, he's like he makes fun of it too. He goes to, into the office, you know, like the governor's office his office, yeah. and you he, he don't know what he's doing. He's like, you know, someone going to come in and brief me? Is you know, like, is someone going to come in and like show me what topics to just you know think about today, or yeah. like, how do you yeah. run the state? And he just like dove into it, and he said it was just mind numbing, you know, from like seven a.m. to like nine p.m. meetings and meetings and meetings, and just you know, crash courses and right. what's going on in the state, and and it, it put that, of course, put a, a big strain. Mm-hmm on his family life huge strain on his family life he talks yeah, about that, it he talks about it but and he talks about it as a negative but i'm sure he hides how big of a
0: negative it really was because yeah it's got to be stressful look at these presidents they look like um, they aged 20 years when they get yeah, out of the white house yeah jimmy carter was the worst he looked
1: like he aged 60 years Trump looked he, like he, he had like bags. He, only Trump he had bags like he, on his bags. Trump only aged a year and a half, but a lot of the orange makeup hides
0: that he he may have aged more than that year and a half. But you have—it to- was actually smart that he took it that he that he took four years off, and he's going to come back again. He's like refreshed again, you know. <laughs> when you hit that fifth year. That's when you, the toll really hits. You know, four years you can handle. You go for the fifth year, sixth year, seventh year, eighth year. That's, that's when, you, when you do all the aging, you know. Yeah. Because you notice know, these guys don't sleep. How can And they? I found that when I had kids, as you probably did. When, when you don't sleep, y- your brain starts oh deteriorating God. very fast. So. You, you, you know, what? you have to
1: make checklists to confirm that you did things appropriately, like, because you make mistakes.
0: can't remember, right? can't remember. Sleep is super important. It's not only super important for your brain, it's super important for your body. I mean, I know I, bodybuilders. I, I think this is
1: a good time for a somalize commercial, Dave. By there you
0: species. go. species. The problem is you can't take somalize if you don't have, if you don't have more than four hours to sleep, you know, and some people just don't have any time, you know, but the truth is that with bodybuilders, I have a lot of guys and women that I work with that, that don't get enough sleep because they have busy jobs, they have families and uh, they just don't recover as well. I mean, yeah. let's face it. I mean, you lived the bodybuilding lifestyle. I lived it. I slept a lot you know, during those years, those, those growing years where I wasn't working a real job, you know, you know nine hours a night, a nap during the day, because I had no responsibility. Yeah. And uh, your body recovers better. You grow better, grow faster.
1: Yeah,
0: listen, when you, Dave, I'm sure this entered your mind.
1: When you had Logan, yeah. you realize, oh, I did do it right when I was bodybuilding. Because all this kid does when he's, right, the baby is eat and sleep, eat and sleep, eat and sleep. And they, you see him like two weeks later, it's like, God, he's, he's
0: doubled the size, right? when I, I would do a, I'd do a leg workout, Chris, back in the day. And I'd come back and I would drink a guzzle shake. You know, you're a little nauseous after doing legs sometimes. And I would take a nap. Sometimes I would sleep for an hour and a half. And, you know, when you sleep for an hour and a half, you, you almost can't wake up. You're like so yep. groggy. I would get up. My legs would have a different feel to them. All that like feeling from the workout that was like total like breakdown and fatigue. Like, you feel I feel like get, they Feel like they healed. Like it was yeah. weird. Yeah, like, they did. I get yeah. new to you. They did heal. Yeah. And the growth hormone shot I would take before <laughs> I took the nap it didn't hurt either. But you know,
1: <laughs> Dave, I hope you believe me. I hope you believe me when I was gonna say they. I was just gonna say they healed.
0: And I'm sure the GH that you use, you know, kind of yeah. helped a little along the way yeah. too. Didn't, that didn't hurt either. But but <laughs> the, the you know sleep, and, and if, if you, you know for we have a big audience who watches this show and listens on a regular basis, guys, if you want to be good bodybuilder, no, let me take that back. If you want to be the best bodybuilder that you can be, you have to sleep. I don't know when you, you know, if you, you got to find time. You got to take a nap during the day if you if you can't get enough rest at night. But that will be one of the things that prevents you from making the improvements to your body. You might be able to burn fat, you know, not sleeping enough, but you're not going to recover from your workouts and you're not going to be able to put muscle on if you're not sleeping. And that's a huge thing that people don't talk about. Because I know a lot of people who don't sleep well because they have sleep apnea, you know, and they wake up a million times a night. You know, I know those machines, those apnea machines suck and they're uncomfortable. I know armand was telling me about you know he can't wear it but he, the guy doesn't get any sleep he falls asleep during the day all the time you gotta you gotta get one of those machines if you cannot sleep i mean in the, today's day and age we have so much technology get the little nose cannula and get used to using one of those machines if you're one of these guys that, that gets you know wakes up 60 times during the night because you, you're gasping for air and you're snoring like a like a like a banshee as my father would say yeah
1: Dave, I used to have, when I had my office in Gold's Gym Venice, I used to have a, I used to take a nap in the afternoon on a, and I had a, a mat, and the mat cushion was like a, like a gymnastics exercise mat. I used to roll it out of the closet, and it was like this thick. And I used to sleep on that thing, and I swear, I thought it was the greatest mattress in history. I used to think it was better than my bed at my apartment, because I'd be like, I'd take a 30-minute nap and think that it was like, I'm, the best because I was so beat tired by that time. You know, I'd train like in the morning at 5 a.m. and work all day by like two. I couldn't even, couldn't keep my
0: eyes open, but exactly. that mattress was like saved me. Half inch, yeah. padded mat. It's so funny you say that because, isn't it funny how like you could try to fall asleep in your bed at night and, you, and you're like tossing and turning and then you could fall asleep in 30 seconds in your office. Like, I'll put a, I'll put a towel down and I'll, and I'll sleep like this sometimes. like. My wife thinks I'm like narcoleptic or something. I'm like, I'm like no, I, I I could take a 15-minute nap like that. and I wake up and I'm like... Yeah, feel like you're on vacation. I feel like I have like 10,000 times more energy. And well, you know, the brain,
1: your brain chemicals and whatever is going on and you get reset, right? You're right, you're right. Something good happens to so the chemicals in your brain.
0: It's like you, It's like you drank the greatest cup of coffee of all time. I'm like completely wide awake after... It 15 minutes I can sleep for and, yeah. and I'll do that. Yeah. Matter of fact, the short naps are better because it's easy to wake yourself up from those. Whereas once you're once you're sleeping more than like forty five minutes, it's it's like it's Yeah, like it's over, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. You can't you can't, you can't back. You, you yeah. yeah, you're mentally shocked for the day.
0: Yeah. H- Haney used to say that um he would take naps between sets. Now. <laughs> I don't know if that was true but he was trying to sensationalize, but he literally would say he would he would fall asleep for 30 seconds in between each set of like bed of bench pressing and, and he was uh, and it would rejuvenate him i didn't so, know he so. used to sleep between sets yes yeah he said that now he Valentino said that you know haiti stayed at his house back in the day too so and he <laughs> he said that when he would dri- he would drive around with him sometimes at, at, in the car because i guess greg put him up for a guest posing once and uh and Lee would fall asleep in the car, but Lee would sleep with his eyes open. Oh, I, I he would know, literally be uh, have his eyes open while he was sleeping. I know people who
1: sleep with their eyes open. It's bizarre. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so Greg would be like talking to him, and then he realized that, that he was asleep. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he was. Maybe he was just trying to ignore Greg. Did that ever a no, on Greg? Don't... That... Lee loved I guess Greg's mom cooked all the Italian food for Lee. Oh he was man, this food is good. This yeah. is Valentino, you know.
1: Yeah, if he yeah, if he if he had stayed at Valentino's in the offseason, he probably could have gone five more years.
0: <laughs> One five more times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he loved that food, man. But um it's a, yeah, it, it's amazing how – I, I like watching successful people and find out what their process is, and uh, that Netflix uh, documentary is really – yeah, I thought it was going just going to be another Arnold story. You know how, like, they have they, – there's a lot of Arnold things. You remember they yeah. put the one out there with Roland Kickinger played him that one time, and it was, like, I think it was called Watch Arnold Run. It was, like, about, you know, his run to the, the governorship, and yeah. they had some actor play him. This is this this specialist, this documentary is so much better because Arnold's telling the story himself. Yeah, right from the horse's mouth.: It's great. It's done really well. I, now, now that you told me you watched the other two parts and they're really good, I can't wait to see the rest.: Yeah surprise.
1: did John Hansen watch the rest of them because I, I was fascinated with the governor governor part of, you know him the trials and tribulations. Hansen and- probably
0: watched it 14 times already. I'm sure he probably knows every line in the, in the, in the documentary yeah, sure. I'm sure. he studied them. I'll have to we'll have to get on John like one, one day and we'll have to talk about the whole what's the whole thing. Oh, is the yeah, whole like thing up?
1: Analysis. Like like after the Olympia, we do an analysis yeah. after the you know, after now people have watched the Arnold trilogy. Can't yeah. come on and give his, you know, analysis.
0: Yeah. It's fascinating though, it really is, because Arnold had a very, you know, complex life. It wasn't like, you know, pretty much straightforward like a lot of people's lives are. You know, it's uh, he was all over the place. I like when he talked about also the, and I know we're talking about this, but this is you know this this is a down week, so this is a, a good because it's helping, I think people get a better formulation of what it takes to be a champion. But Arnold would go to the um, the woods and hang out with all the bodybuilder guys there. Remember, did you, remember he's talking about? Yeah, I, <laughs> they had like a club in in, in
1: Austria. Yeah, they, they and they welcomed him with open arms, and you know, yeah. it's directly his his bonding with them is a hundred percent depending on uh, dependent or correlated with his you know his parents rejected him in a in a large right. way yeah. so you know these were the, the first adult people to accept him plus they encouraged him you know he's doing the bodybuilding thing and they you know they they, they were encouraging so what's more exciting I mean you know to, to find people who are going to support you a bodybuilding because you know, when you start, right? People, when, yeah. anyone who starts in who's uh, really involved in bodybuilding, you know, there's nothing better than to find support when you first start out. Sure. You know, and, and just to get support
0: from people who are much older than you, you know, not treating right. you like a kid is, you know, incredible. The great thing is when, you, if you look at the pictures they show from, the, it, it, it's it's amazing they have pictures from back then. Yeah. These guys, had is. pictures at the at the lifting hook. Arnold is so much like. There's some guys that have better quality muscle than him because he's kind of young, but you can tell Arnold structurally is better than everyone. You know, yeah. And you, you, if you had to pick out like who the future star in this lineup would be, you you would definitely your eyes would go to Arnold in two seconds. You know, yeah. yeah chest yeah. and the arms and the
1: shoulders. Yeah, they chest shoulders arm all of it back.
0: You know, back he had it all even from a young yeah. age. Yeah, you you got to hand it to jo- Joe Weeder. and I I don't know if to, have you gotten to that part yet. When they yeah, talk about joe. you know
1: they show some clips with him and joe and there's an interesting part where um where I knew joe would love this he, he 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 kids with joe uh you know i think he asked joe hit joe up for money or something for like you know i want to go to college i want to study business courses but the best part is you have to really listen is when he says uh um something about taking over after you leave of course which uh, means after you die which right. Joe loved because Joe never had kids and so you can't leave the business to you know you'd like to leave it to your like son or daughter right and um and you know it's it's an interesting part of the movie the show for me because um Joe always Wanted to get people he liked up there to work with him. He told me, Come, come move from Maine back to LA and I'll teach you publishing. How many times wow. I told you, Dave? How many times have I said off the record, if you had met Joe, right? Yeah. How, you guys would have been working up there from you've been up there at 5 a.m. to 1 to 2 a.m. and you would have had fun the whole entire time. So.
0: It would have he drove me crazy he would would
1: Probably, be. he probably would have dumped it instead of selling it to Peck.ry Probably would have just like <laughs> owned financed it to you, just so they could give it to someone who's got some passion, as opposed to a business entity. Yeah. So, you know, that part of the movie when when Arnold says like, uh, or he alludes to like Joe lighting up when he said, you know, you'll need to leave it to someone or someone's got to take over after you, and, and Arnold implies him
0: himself. Yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. It's funny how like, I don't think anyone would have ever foreseen the magazine hole that it had on the industry as ever being anything but the most dominant way bodybuilding was covered. Because I mean, that was from its inception, right? The magazines were the way people got to see who the latest stars were and- um Magazines oh. were newspapers
1: of bodybuilding. So the only way you found out yeah. the olden day, quote, the olden days pre-internet about anything news-wise is you either turned on the 6 o'clock news, which was only CBS, ABC, and NBC, Correct. or you picked up the the, the newspaper. And in bodybuilding, yeah. you had to buy Joe Wieda's magazine. That's the, yep. that's the way you found out what was going on. And he had a lock on that, and God, Joe, Joe must have made a lot of money, dude. Oh, yeah. Because Arnold Arnold uses the M word back then. Millions. Oh, he Yeah. Yeah. Said you know Joe was making millions and millions you know, wow. And Joe, for all that those M's, you know, you know, pleaded to some degree, poverty. Not poverty, but you know, at the, the
0: way that back came day. from his roots. That became from Joe's like you know roots growing up as a poor Jewish. child yeah, of course, yeah, 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 of course. The poverty mentality. My father would always yeah, say,
1: "Yeah, yeah, yeah." It's not around anymore, Dave. It's that's, no, you, because if you. I'm sure your father and your grandfather, yeah, they they yeah, that people Quality, never yeah. Because poverty, yeah. people who grew up during the depression, you know, realize that things can change on a dime, so you better save everything and never ever consider yourself having anything like even close to enough or excess or excess because yes. you could be poor again,
0: yep, I, I mean it's it's still true today, but it's but it's less less true because um you know. But, yeah, I think Joe always felt like he can never make enough because, yeah, you know, what if someone took this away from me, then I won't have anything, you know, and I think I, J- Ben Weeder was the same way. That's why, you know, we, I, we make fun of it, but, you know, Ben Weeder died with a billion dollars in the bank, you know, I mean, yeah. who needs a billion dollars? I mean... They, What do you Probably every every trip he ever took, which was like every weekend he was in another country, you know, trying to get them to join the IPV. Every trip he took was probably a business write off. Anyway, probably never spent a penny from his own bank account on that. And so he was was trying to get every he was traveling the world trying to get bodybuilding into the Olympics. Right, I mean, and what what do you do? Would he have a bottle of wine, maybe? You know, you know, once a week. You know, what, I don't think Ben really spent any money on anything aside from those IFBB suits that he wore. I don't so know. with the little pins and stuff like that that they would hand out to people, you know. It, but, it, it it'd be nice
1: to see where. Uh, uh, does anyone know where Ben lived in Montreal? I
0: don't know. I
1: don't
0: That's know. a real the, estate
1: question. It'd be nice to see because you see Arnold's home. Right. And, and you know. Oh, they show his house. Yeah, they show they show his house and they show the the I think it's Sun Valley, you mm-hmm. know this the ski resort house where you know he's, he's right. it's gigantic. It it reminds him reminded him of Austria, like an Austrian wow. little yeah. lodge, but the giganticness of American because he likes everything big. Sure. So he had referenced that he had lived there for, for had that place for like twenty five years. You know it's snowbound and stuff, but. Um,
0: we, uh, we we live down the block from him, and yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> going to check going down
0: Seven Eleven to check the times to see if he's. If he's I getting, ran into Arnold. Arnold was getting an energy drink once, and I was buying the the, the, the New York uh, uh, Wall Street Journal. Yeah, I used to see him, Dave, when he had that
1: Hummer. What year did he get the Hummer?
0: Oh, that was a long, that was in the nineties. Yeah, when when the
1: the U.S. military gave him the Hummer in the state of California. Yeah. said, We'll give you an exemption. You can have it on the road. I and he used to drive that thing th- around Santa Monica, and you would see it coming like a mile away. Loud, right? Yeah, and you'd see him. Turbo you know, diesel. Military
0: vehicle. Well, Blackman bought the same one. You know that, right? Well, they, not, not the he had the military one at the beginning. Arnold. Yeah, well, Blackman got, had the H1 Hummer because no one drew the Everyone would get the H2. Wait a minute. So, is it, so Blackman
1: bought the Hummer and moved into the same neighborhood as Arnold.
0: Uh, Blackman had this Hummer, and l- listen, when I, when I would sit in the Hummer with him because they had two Hummers. The, the, most people had the, what was called the H2 Hummer. It was a gasoline-driven engine, but it was square, like it had the shape of the Hummer. It was cool. It was a cool-looking car. A lot of people had that in the early 2000s and you know late 90s. And um, but the original H1 Hummer was a turbo diesel, so it was like bum, 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 bum. it would sound like a military vehicle. Blackman got that because Arnold had it, according to Bramano, but. It, it was so wide, Chris, that when Blackman would sit in his little seat, and if I was in the next, in the passenger seat, we were like twenty feet away from each other. You couldn't even I couldn't even reach him. That there was like this middle drive, I guess where the well the drive shaft was, and Blackman would have the whole center thing covered with newspapers, like whatever the latest newspaper with underlines and all all the um, all the articles he would read in there in that H one Hummer, and it was it was like. The tires were bald because he couldn't find it. wasn't that he was too cheap. He just couldn't find replacement tires for the thing yeah. because it was, you know, no one had an H1 Hummer, you know? Yeah. Couldn't get rid of it because Ar- that Arnold, you know, drove the Hummer. Where, where, do, you, where do you get it? I have no idea. It might have been Arnold's for all I know. Yep. Maybe Jay Salt, maybe Jay Saltimus. <laughs> Jay won three of them, didn't he? Yeah, Jay won three in a row. Three Hummers in a row. I think Ronnie, when Ronnie won his, he just he did the Arnold just to win the Hummer. I think. Yeah, know? yeah, I think he did. He said somebody it's he told us that Hummer. Yeah, he just wanted the Hummer. Jay probably sold all three of his. I'm sure of it.
1: But... Yeah, I think Jay did sell all three of his.
0: <laughs> Jay's like, I'm just going to bank the money. You know, this thing yeah. is good. This thing's a gas guzzler because I'll never, I'll never make my money back on this thing. Yeah. I can't wait till they make the story. We'll we'll be eighty, but they'll make the story of Jay Cutler's life. Yeah, I told Jay.
1: He's I told him a long time ago. I said you gotta you gotta make sure you collect everything so that because at some point you're gonna want to put together. uh, He agreed. You know, like a a documentary on, um, and it starts with, and I I know the opening scene. The opening scene is him not driving up to my house. That's that's uh, that's uh, that that could be the opening scene because it's got it on video. Um. But the opening scene or the flashback after that, driving up to my house, the next scene is him in the ditch working for Cutler Brothers Foundation. And, you know, he's got a big family and it's pouring out and it's in the fall and it's freezing and it's raining and he's digging uh, the ditch and he asks his father to get out of the ditch. And he says, I'm only a little kid. And his father said, get back to work. And Jay got back to work.
0: Smart. You know and that there,
1: you know what I mean? That there is like shaped him.
0: You know, yeah. Shaped his life. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. You think you think Jay would ever run for like office? I think he'd be a good politician.
1: I I think he'd be a good politician because he knows how to read people. You gotta know how to read people and you gotta be able to you gotta be be able to listen to opinions of, of people who have stupid opinions. Um because somewhere in in that stupid opinion actually might be you know a kernel of truth. Right. And um but I, I think Jay would just like uh, would never become a politician simply because it's uh it's become like Arnold actually wanted to serve people and I think Jay would want to help people because Jay's always been a person and helper. Yeah, that's why I think but now, it's, now it's just a position of power and Jay could, you know you know Jay would rather, you know, work in business than, you know, supposedly you know, work with people because that's what that's you no, know
0: not- Chris. I, I disagree because I think that Jay has made enough money. Number one, he doesn't have a fan, he's not, he has no intention of having kids, so he has no kids really to, to, to that need his attention. You mm-hmm. know, he's conquered, you know, the, everything else that he's everything. done already. I mean, it, it, you would think that he'd be a little bored and. I think politics would be great because Jay's squeaky clean. He doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have like stuffed skeletons in his closet. He does, never yeah. did anything really controversial. You know, he wasn't one of these bodybuilders who went to jail like me or anything like that. He never really was outspoken in the sense that he said things that he would regret. You know, I, I think he'd be perfect. I think he'd be the perfect politician, to be honest with you. He's well, like, got his hair. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think he yeah, would be, I think I, I agree with you. I think it'd be. I'd vote for a politician. I just don't think there's any desire to, I mean. He's still young, though. Wait till he hits, like, 55, you know. He might change his mind. Possibly. Once I'll his body, him. his body's still working pretty well. Once he hits that, you know, Chris, that age where everything starts falling apart. Well, Arnold, says, he,
1: Arnold, Arnold says at the end of the movie, he hates the way he looks, essentially.
0: Yeah. yeah right? I do I look in the mirror. I think I feel like I'm. I thought, I'm I
1: thought of you when when he said that, Dave. I thought of you when when he said that.
0: Because Because you know why, Chris? We we train so hard. We eat right. Not you. I'm talking about we. When I say we, I mean most bodybuilders. Yeah. (laughs) We train. No, seriously. We we we, you put so much effort into it on a regular basis. You live the lifestyle, and at some point, your body just doesn't look like it did when you were in your 20s and 30s. And you know, for some people, it's very depressing. They can't get over it. For me, I I'm like Arnold. I'm like, it is what it is. At least at least I I'm functional. You know what I mean? So uh, it's not, I have other interests, but it is as a bodybuilder, that's, you know, our, our identities. And some people can't get past that identity of who they were and, and what they look like. And it's very depressing for them. You know, I, I think that Arnold is, you know, was, was judged by how he looked right. I mean, he was doing movies. He could take a shirt off, and you know he's not doing that anymore obviously because he doesn't have the physique yet so i think in a sense in one degree he's a little it is depressing for him but you know he realizes the reality of the fact that he's 75 and you know yeah. he's still alive and he's in pretty good health it seems you know yeah i think you're right on all accounts but uh, i think once jay gets past that you know he you know the physique aspect and he realizes you know what yeah, I still look good, but I'm, I don't look like I did when I competed anymore, yeah. and I probably never will anymore. Uh, I have injuries now. Uh, he might, he might look to politics. He might be looking. Maybe, at... you maybe. He, maybe. he, he, he likes right. to challenge himself. You well, know
1: no, I mean? no, Dave. I was going to disagree with you, but you know, the, the I was going to disagree, and I thought, you know, on the show, how many times I say you're 100 percent right? Um, and, but I was going to say, you know, I disagree, disagree. No, I know Jay, and you just, dis, I disagree, but. In the, in the, not to say that he has to follow Arnold, uh, yeah. you know, because he could care less. You know, he's his own person and his own accomplishment. Right. But Arnold, the the point in the movie is Arnold's making 20 to 30 a movie and he says, I'm going to run for governor." And all his Hollywood pals say, you are out of your mind. You can get 20 to 30 a movie. And what they don't it's realize emails, is, yeah. There's no challenge. I had like five giant hits in a row. Another hit? Who cares? You know what I mean? How much money can you spend? Right. Yeah. So he needed another challenge and that was the challenge. So uh, that's, you know, Jay is definitely that type of uh, personality, you know, where he loves a challenge and has to stay busy. And he has, you know, the ability to focus. I mean, maybe, maybe he does run
0: of uh las vegas there what's that he should run for mayor of las vegas no
1: he's never gonna run for something small dude
0: it's like oh, you that was it's the, gonna be?
1: no it has to go it has to be no it has to be big
0: it has to be like governor of nevada yes you know? yeah
1: it has to be big <laughs> definitely if you're gonna if you're gonna jump in you're not jumping in for council member <laughs> you know pta pta well, maybe, maybe jay should move back
0: get, get a california address and then run for governor of california yeah so there you go he might be too uh, conservative for the for those guys over there, though in California. So. Yeah, well, you know,
1: things switch. California an old. California may have to come back conservative after just yeah. like. I, I saw something the other day that, you know, I think it was four hundred seventy-five thousand people moved out of California in the last two years, and the income, t- whatever the income tax returns that they are missing because of that is. Oh. It's insane. It blows a giant hole in the budget. You know, of course,
0: I heard they want to charge. They want to pass a bill. They're going to charge people an exit tax. Like, if you want to leave California, then you have to pay like a a fine, almost like that's what they're trying to pass. And
1: and this is, and this is, you see that, Dave? And that's why Trump will smoke Biden, jail time and all, because that is the most ludicrous left. What country is that? It's crazy. How about change the policies of the
0: state, you know, rather than try to imprison people there?
1: My name is Dave Palumbo, and I, my, my wife and three kids, and we've been in California paying taxes for twenty years. Now we've decided to move to Florida. Oh no, you have to pay to leave.
0: What? You're imprisoned. You're imprisoned in California. It's insane. Yeah, Yeah. I know it's nuts. All right, I want to. I'm going to end today's show on 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 a scientific note. They, uh, Sid sent me this article. It was pretty cool. They found uh, in Australia rock formations, uh, that the oldest steroids, Chris, of all time, 1.6 million years old. Let me pull this story up here: asteroids or steroids? Steroids, steroid molecules. Now, let me explain: there's two types of cells in the body, basically. And they, they're called eukaryotic cells and prokaryotic cells. I did learn this in, in, in college. And the prokaryotic cells, they believe, were the original progenitor cells that maybe started all life on this planet. And they were very simplistic cells. And the theory, at least, is that these eukaryotic cells came about and incorporated the prokaryotic cells into them. And the what we call the mitochondria today inside our, our cells, all the cells that energy-producing organs... Yeah. Yeah, those were actually the old prokaryotic cells that got incorporated, and that's how multicellular organisms eventually came. So the that's why you know when they I don't know if you if you're aware, but but mitochondria, which run the the cell machinery essentially, have their own DNA. Okay, and those DNA all come from your mother. So your mother's DNA is what dictates your uh, mitochondrial DNA, and the fact that they have their own DNA in these little know, energy-producing, you know, Mm fat-oxidizing organs inside your cells, kind of supports the 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 the, uh, theory that they originally were their own cells at one point. So these original prokaryotic cells that that existed in this primordial soup or ocean, whatever was on this planet, you know, one point six billion years ago, um, supposedly produced what they called protosteroids So they were not really the steroidal molecules we see today. But they would like the, they were like a couple of steps before the final product, so to speak. And they're, it's incredible that they can isolate them. They take these rocks that they find with these, these, these organisms in there and they actually can isolate out and run them through an HPLC machine and find steroidal molecule signatures, you know, mm-hmm. the steroidal backbone, the cholesterol backbone, you know, and, and, and the, the progenitor of steroid molecules. And they found, and the theory, at least, Chris, is that, and this is where I, this is where I'm going with this whole thing, is that they said that these cells that these these cells that were producing more steroidal molecules were able better to compete in this primordial ocean of or soup that was that was in this planet. And those are the ones that went on to become the eukaryotic cells and then the cells of, of animals and they actually think they had tentacles and stuff like that. And they were actually the, the, the original life forms on this planet. And it was all because they were able to produce steroidal molecules. So the steroid, steroids essentially made them more fit and more um, successful in the yeah. hostile environment that existed, which is funny because today they do the same thing, right? If you, if you go do a good cycle, Chris, you got an advantage over everyone else, yeah. right? So, one point six billion years ago, this was true. So it must be true today. The funny thing is that they didn't think that that life really evolved on this planet for until six hundred million years ago. So they were off by a factor of you know, God knows how much, right? From no, one point nothing 6 billion over time six hundred million. So it's pretty interesting because they they you know. When you go back to it, for some reason, all life seems to have originated in Australia, which is kind of ironic because uh, it's kind of desolate now, you know, especially most in the middle of the country. But that's where a lot of the life, you know, the life forms came from. Uh, even prime, you know, pr- primitive man came from those. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the fossils they found were from there. So, mm-hmm. steroids make survival better. They make us uh, they, the performance it, benefits. It
1: Having said that, you can yeah. never run for office.
0: No, because then, no, that, that will come
1: back to haunt you. Steroids make yeah. everything better. Put on a
0: bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah, I realized that I'm I I kind of um, ruined, my, ruined my uh, ability to run for office probably many many years ago. But, yeah. um, I have no desire to to, to serve in a political uh, machine. You know, I'm I, I yeah. can't be I can't be boxed in like that. It's too uh, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I'm not, and I, and I, unlike Lee Priest, only not as bad. Like, I, as soon as like I feel like I'm being politically correct, I have to be politically incorrect, you know? Yeah, yeah. Of course. It's too much. It's like, um, talking about politically correct, Chris sends me this story, which is unlike you, because usually you don't send me these stories about the, there's a spa in uh, Washington. Yeah. It's the state of Washington where it's a, it's a women only spa where they, uh, you have to, it's like one of these, like, uh, I guess they do massages and all that stuff. And they have like hot tubs and steam rooms and you have to be naked in there. So that's the rule. Like when you go out there, you have, so it's all women. Now they, they were forced by a judge to allow transgender men who still have penises. Uh, because the, the former you know, policy of the spa was that if you if you were a sex change person and you had your penis removed and you had a, a vagina, you could be there. But if yeah. now they have to allow these tra- if you if you relate to being, you know, a woman but you still have a penis, you're allowed in this spa now, which is crazy because you know these women don't want to see, you know, people walking around with penises hanging out in this spa. And <laughs> it, 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 the, the insanity of our, of our country at this point is such that I don't even know where we're gonna wind up. It's so crazy. I mean, are we gonna look back ten years and and, and real and they're gonna change all the laws and they're gonna be like, we were out of our minds. We must have been like schizophrenic back then, or is it gonna even be worse in ten years? That's what my fear is, you know. Well, Dave, I think
1: you're just old school and you're too traditional and you're too conservative and you're too, you know, (laughs) you don't leave the house and you know, you're Italian and
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. All those things are knocks against you. Right, that's true. I'll pull you're up the not, picture. You are not
1: thinking margin enough.
0: This is the uh, the woman or man, woman who uh, who actually didn't even want to go to the spa but they just he she just filed the filed the suit because it was she felt it was uh, discriminatory. And she felt that she is more of a woman than the real women who go yes. to the spa because that was she, a quote. Has deci- she voluntarily Chose to be a woman, where most of these women are just women by convention because they were born with a vagina. But she is more <laughs> of a woman because she actually that's, wants to be a woman. That's an actual quote, Dave. Yeah, no, I know it is. I read the whole article. I couldn't believe it. I re- usually I skim articles, but this I was so like astounded by this article. That yeah, um, someone
1: had sent it to me, and I couldn't believe it. That's why I thought it was like a, a parrot. You know, I thought it was just like a. I thought it was made up, like a like yeah, a yeah. like a satire piece. Yeah. You know, and then I realized, you know, after reading it, that it was
0: not. You know, I went to the Sound Factory a couple of times back in the uh, early 2000s, which was a club that ran all night. Most people got there at like four in the morning, and it went yeah. crazy club. And they had a they had this uh, bathroom that was like unisex. So I I, guess, I don't know if I'm using the right term. Both yeah. men and women use the same bathroom at this club. Yeah. And you know what? I thought it was kind of cool. I'm like, you know, if this stalls there. It, it, Everyone, no one disrespected each other. You know, everyone went about went to the bathroom, whatever. And it was just because they were trying to be cool and progressive, this you know, this club. And I said, you know what? I don't even know why we separate, you know, the sexes. But then I realized that I'm not a pervert, you know, and I'm not a sexual deviant, and I'm not a pedophile. So I, in my brain, think it's cool, but it's really not cool because there are deviants out there that will, you know, that will turn this into a sex crime you know situation so that's why they have spas that are women only spas and that's why they have you know you can't have adults and kids in the same situation because there are deviants out there and are demented fucked up people in their head who, who who are out there and that's why they have these rules it's not to discriminate against you know joe who wants to be joanna now it's because there are people that will fake it, okay, just to go in the spa and, and stare at naked women. And that's the reality of the of the of the world we live in. And, I, and that's why these laws are in place. It's not to discriminate against anyone. And you cannot remove these laws because of the couple of people who screw it up. That's that's really the explanation they should just give. That would be the, that would be, that would shut everyone up. Good thing you live in a red
1: state, not a blue state, Dave. People will be able to get you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I See, so I'm giving Jay his first campaign uh, yeah. uh, issue to deal with right here. Jay, I'm sure you'll put it in a much more politically uh, correct manner than I did, but this is what needs to be said. It's not – there's a couple s- screwballs who screw up everything for everyone. And it, it's that – it's like it's school. There it was always that one kid it who it had to be the bad kid and – would you know we'd lose you know playtime during lunchtime because that one kid would act up and that's just the way it is, and they ruin it for everyone else. So we can't have a society where everything is unisex and people can do whatever they want and men and women because you know what, there are demented people out there who have brain problems and that's uh, that's 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 reality and uh, the sooner we realize that the the less we'll have the uh, the less problems we'll have in society I think. I mean, let's face it. Why does one country want to go to war? Who would want to who? Who in their right mind would start a war in, in in today's society? I mean, we're not. I mean, right? I mean, people who think they can win one. But
1: but that's, why does anyone
0: at this point in time? There's no. Everyone's got enough food. Everyone's got enough. You know, it's like people just get bored. I think there's a lot of just sickos out there. Like you know, Hitler was a sicko, obviously, and you know these people are charismatic. And they get people to follow them, and because you know, most people are sheep, they don't make their own. They, they can't think for themselves, and uh, and and they wind up following the fucking one crazy person. And uh, because there's no reason why we should have any wars anymore, I think we're past that already, don't you? We're not throwing sticks and stones at each other anymore. You yeah, know? I mean, we have nuclear
1: warheads now. People probably been saying that for two hundred years, but the answer to that is people go to yeah. war because they think they can win them.
0: You know? Yeah, but then, that, but then what? but then what All right, you win the war and and you move into the territory and then what? Like, it's like we live in a, everyone's connected. It's not like, it's not like the old days where no one knew what was going on in in one side of the world.
1: That's that. I mean, that's, that's the, one of the great levelers these days is that, you know, people would be glued. We started out saying, we're joking about newspapers and, you know, people got their information from newspapers and three TV stations. Now you can get, you know, you can get it from someone on Twitter who's actually living, living through that war, and right, you can get
0: someone with their cell
1: phone. You know, the opposite, which might be, you know, the propaganda part, or it might be the truthful part of what actually is going on.
0: Yep, hundred percent. All right. Well, we segued off of bodybuilding and Arnold into uh, politics. Okay. Although we were we were okay. talking about politics the whole time anyway. So, Jay, well, you uh, know if what? You're listening. Everything's political, Dave. From sometimes yeah. bodybuilding decisions are political, right? True. Yeah. Everything's political. We need our, uh, we need Jay Cutler to run for office. That's all there yeah, is to yeah. Let's it. Let's sign him up. PTA. Gave, uh, <laughs> Chris, <laughs> now, if, if Jay asked you to become his campaign manager for the, for, would you accept? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there you oh, go, Jay. Yeah. You, I just found you a campaign manager. Absolutely. I would love to strategize. I would, Robert Kennedy Aceto you know, here.
1: He would uh, love it too. He would love oh, it. We're going to spend hours just yeah. Deciding, like strategizing, yeah, yeah, and I know Jay anyway. Here's Jay. Jay, take all the advice. This is why this is why Jay's the best. I could be in a room with Jay running, he could be running for governor. Yeah, I map it all out. My opinion, he could have someone three times as smart as me map it out. His opinion, yeah, and we could have a third person who 's got all the experience you know in the world having been a campaign manager for let's say you know Clinton and Obama and Trump
0: right
1: and Jay will listen to all that information at the end of the day do what he wants. I mean he'll take it and he'll weigh it yeah. but at the end it's just like okay this is that's this good. is how it's going to go and that's, that's why he could actually be a good candidate
0: I, I tell you. Chris, uh, you'll be out there uh, living in yeah, Vegas. I'll definitely living... be the campaign
1: manager for sure.
0: Yeah. See, now you got me pumped up, Dave, because I get bored too. Because I, I... get <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, Chris, where's Chris? Someone's on stage. He had, he had, he had Dave, to watch this you know live me? stream real quick. Dave, you know me. Jay, they're attacking you. We're
1: going triple negative. We're going triple negative on this guy for attacking you. For drupal negative. <laughs>
0: You'll be like, "Dale, yeah, like, I don't know if we can win this." Chris is like, "You're going to you're going to you're going to be the president." Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years. We got this for sure. We got it. We got it. We're down by you yeah, "We're down by 10." you're going to yeah.
1: Doesn't matter. We got 10 more weeks.
0: All we have to go. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Hopefully, we uh entertain you on this off week uh, in the open men's bodybuilding world. Uh, we'll be back again next week. And as we say every week here at Heavy Muscle Radio, the truth hurts. Sure does. We'll see you next week.